Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 170 of Getting It Out podcast. That was Neighboring Sounds from Bergen, Norway. The song's called Spoiler, and it was recently released by these guys. They're an alternative rock or, I don't know, I don't know what you call that, post-punk. And it's the very cool band, anyway, from Norway. They're made up of quite a few musicians who have a lot of experience playing this type of music, and they've been around since 2014, so you can expect more coming from neighboring sounds. Spoiler is your first taste. If you go onto Spotify or any other streaming media services, you'll find the track When Everything Goes, which is equally as cool and also makes up the second half of this two-song EP. So be on the lookout for neighboring sounds again out of Bergen, Norway. It's awesome. Speaking of awesome, you're listening to episode 170 of Getting It Out Podcast. And this one features a cool interview with Rick Giordano of The Lion's Daughter. We're talking about their new album, Skin Show, out now on Season of Missed Records and a whole lot more. Let's do it. Chicken! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace to my family! Make friends till they bury me! All the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We'll be getting it in! Where you getting it out? Hey, so there was a big hardcore show in New York City this past weekend. There was a couple hardcore shows in in the Northeast, but there was one in particular in New York City at Tompkins Square Park that is causing quite a bit of uproar on this wonderful uh, late April week, I guess is what I can call it. And um, it's really interesting to see how many people are, are totally invested in spending so much time arguing on the internet <laughs> about something that already happened and how they feel about it on either side it's just it's funny it's like i like uh i don't mean to be a you know fence sitter i kind of see both sides but at the same time i think i'm more on one other side uh and okay you, and you, you can yell at me and educate me and do all the things you want i just want to put myself out there i am now that i am a fully vaccinated adult and i realize that um, other adults totally have that option too. Uh, like that's the, that's the idea most places, right? Is that everybody's allowed to, everybody that wants to can be. Um, then I think uh, that's, I think that's, that close, that's, that, that, I don't want to say it settles it, but it's almost does, right? If uh, you wanted to have a vaccine by now-ish, you probably could have-ish. So everybody should be able to do what they want to do-ish. I don't know. I'm willing to be yelled at, I'm willing to be argued with. Actually, I'm not going to argue with you, so so you can tell me why that's wrong of me, and that's fine. Go ahead and email that to Dan at gettingitout.net, or you can send it like an Instagram DM at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. Um, but uh, don't be a doofus, all right? Maybe I'm the one. Maybe you're like, hey man, you're the, you're the one being the doofus, and I'll be like, hey, wait a minute, I think you're the doofus, and then we'll get in this whole argument about who the doofus is, and the doofus was. And the doofus isn't. But one of us is going to be the doofus, and it won't be me, damn it. And I guarantee you that. Anti-doofus podcast right here on Getting It Out podcast. Or maybe you're like, that's totally wrong. This is the Getting It Doofus podcast. And I'll be like, hey, man, relax with the doofus talk. People are losing track and don't care anymore. I'll be like, all right, that's fair. Doofus. Anyway, this episode includes an interview with Rick Giordano of The Lion's Daughter. If you're not familiar with The Lion's Daughter, you should get familiar with The Lion's Daughter. 
they are this awesome band out of St. Louis, and they play something that's uh, that's a little sludgy, a little um, little dancey, even a little uh, synthy. I shouldn't say a little. It's a lot of all of these things, and uh, it's it's whatever you want to call it. I like it, and I like it a lot. Particularly the album that just came out in Season of Mist Records called Skin Show. It's got a really uh, white but menacing cover. And that's only the beginning of the contradictions within this record. And me and Rick will talk all about that. So that is one great reason why you should continue listening to episode 170 of Getting It Out Podcast. First, I'm going to play you the first single single from this record. It's called Neon Teeth.
I got to ask you right away because I just put this together. What are the chances that I took your money in a game of CeeLo at the back of an American Legion in Lancaster, Pennsylvania around like 2004? Uh, they're, they're pretty good because that's the one dice game I ever play. Yeah, well, I'm thinking, I, I just figured out that you were in Calico System for a time. And uh, I remember a specific show with you guys and a specific tour with Remembering Never. Yeah. It was like a eulogy thing, right? And you guys were playing up here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania and playing dice with you. Not, not, not necessarily you, but I remember it was guys in Calico System in the back of American Legion. Man, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. I used to, I used to definitely play some CeeLo back in the day. That's fine. All right, good. Hopefully, um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, I hopefully it happened. But anyway, so did you say? Did you say you took you took my money? I don't know. I I, I know I won. I okay. remember winning. I remember walking away winning, okay. and somebody in the band, or you know, people in the band not winning. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like it was a good time. I remember that it was a good time, especially for me because I won. Right, right. And you also, you might, you know, you probably took my whiskey money for the night. So you might have done me a favor, actually, and, and saved me <laughs> from making some bad decisions. So, yeah, well, that's well, good. It worked out for everybody. That's not that's the heartless way I was totally. at like 18 or 19 when I didn't mind taking a touring band's money for nothing. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. If you, t- if you take your winnings and go and buy a shirt, you know, that's that's like the, the nicest thing you could probably do. But yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. Paying it right back. But, uh, but anyway, so right. So, um. So, like I said, I didn't know you were, you were involved in that until looking at this because I've, I've had Lion's Daughter on my radar for a couple of years now, and um, I I thought that was you know the only thing you, that I was aware of that you did, but there seems to be some other things. But um, but anyway, um, I like I like briefly going way back with you personally, and I want to know when you first discovered and got interested in heavy music in general. Man, pretty much as far back as I can remember just existing. Um, you know, when I was a when I was a little kid, um my my favorite shit was um Michael Jackson. When I heard Beat It, uh, you know, I was just obsessed with it. And and really now I know like I didn't like Michael Jackson. I liked Eddie Van Halen. That's what I liked about that song. <laughs> um, you know, and that was basically a metal video, you know, they're wearing leather and you know, having knife fights and shit and, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and then my sister, uh, got Motley Crue shout at the devil. And I was like, Oh, this is everything I like about beat it. But like times 10, this is, this is my shit now. And then there was the, the like afternoon that changed my life where her, uh, one of my sister's boyfriends was like, Hey, Saturday afternoon, tell your parents that like, I'm, I'm going to come over and like babysit you and we're going to go to the park and, 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 uh, fly kites. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. But really he didn't show up with kites. He showed up with like Iron Maiden and Venom and Overkill records. And we just sat all day and listened to these albums front to back while I recorded, uh, every one of them on the cassette. And (laughs) that just, just blew my fucking head right off, man. That just like changed my life, you know? So it's, it's all been up or downhill from there. However you want to look at it. It's, uh, we, we don't need to involve the hill. Let's just say it's been, right. it's, <laughs> sure, it's, yeah, sure. yeah. But, uh, the, that, that's, that's awesome. You got in pretty deep then pretty early. For sure, man. Yeah. I mean, seriously going from, going from Motley Crue to Venom was, was crazy. And Venom was, you know, the scariest shit I'd ever heard, you know, I didn't know anything like that could even ex- exist, you know, but the scariest thing I'd ever heard until 
probably not that much uh, uh, later when a, uh, a friend's older sister uh, played King Diamond for me for the first time. And then that was the scariest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> you um, know, it's, fun, it's funny you mentioned both both those bands, Venom and King Diamond. Because I, I, when I think of when I first heard King or not Venom, I thought, and maybe it wasn't Venom, maybe I'm thinking Bathory, but either one, it was, it was, I can't believe that people would release music that sounds this shitty. Right. Like, like I can't believe that people like this, that it sounds, I mean, I, of course I appreciate it and like it, but, uh, but at the time it was like, this production is so bad. Like, I, I can't believe this is, yeah. this is released out into the world. And then the other right. thing, That's with, made, go ahead, sorry. No, the, and then I was, I was going to say with King Diamond, it was just like, the voice, of course, was so funny to me that it took me it took me years, probably like twenty years until I really started to appreciate King Diamond and Merciful Fate. Yeah, I think with with both of those bands, uh, uh, to your point, like the like Venom was was it was so sloppy. I'd never heard anything like produced so poorly. Um, it was and it was so sloppy. There was the the rawness made it frightening. Um, yeah, because yeah. it was like, well, these guys really are like some kind of Satan worshippers in a cave somewhere killing people. And with King Diamond, it was the same way. We're like, I've never heard anybody sing in this crazy falsetto. <laughs> so so this is this is new and it's and it's shocking to me. So as a kid, like I didn't think it was funny. I just thought it was just pure evil, you know? <laughs> Well, they, they, there's a reason they, they both they both stick out for so many people, and of course now you know, re, rightly regarded as classics. I love them both. Yeah, specifically King Diamond. I'm so glad he started playing again, and I've been able to catch oh, him sure. a few times. Um, yeah, that was actually that might be the last that might be the last concert I saw before all this lockdown shit. Maybe I don't know. But it's close. Um, really? Yeah. 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 So so when do you so you get involved pretty pretty early and pretty deep? When do you start playing music? Um. You know, I started playing guitar not that long after it, which you would you would think if I started playing guitar at like ten years old, I would be any good by now. But <laughs> um, you know, my my dad and I started playing at the same time. And it's funny because like to this day, my my dad's in like a blues rock band still. Oh, that's um, awesome. But yeah, so we would it was kind of something that we could do together. Like we'd go out in the garage, and you know, some some kids, you know, threw the football back and forth with their dad. Me and my dad would go out in the garage, and we would try to play like jump in the fire together or something, you know. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, after after that, I think I picked up bass for a while because I was frustrated by chords. Um, but then ultimately went back to guitar, and then. The thing that was like kind of convenient was I got really into punk rock when I was like, you know, uh, um, probably like 13, 14, you know, yeah. um, to where I kind of I kind of dismissed heavy metal for a long time. Uh, everything but Slayer. For some reason, Slayer was the one thing like you you couldn't throw out Slayer and Motorhead <laughs> like were, were always cool, no matter how punk you were. But, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I just started when I was a teenager, just starting like punk bands and shit and just starting bands that were really just kind of like misfits worship stuff, you know, but um yeah, since then I think I've really always, you know, always had some kind of band going, or you know, or, or worked on some kind of project. It, it seems, it would seem strange to me to not do it. Like I have friends that, um, you know, used to be in bands, and now like I'm just I'm like a dad, and I go to work, and I haven't touched my guitar in years, and it's just like, how do you, how do you, how do you just stop doing something that's so much fun? But yeah, so uh, for me, yeah, it's been like a kind of like a, a lifelong thing. That's awesome, and 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 I agree with you to, to a point. Like I, I've never been a band guy. I did one band for a brief period of time, um, sang and was bad at it, and whatever. And that's and glad it was over. 
you know, but 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 as far as like you know, growing up and being so involved in in the music, that's that's how I do how and why I do this now. You know, it's like it's uh, sure. it's I don't know, it's 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 a hobby that all it does is cost me money, but it's fun. Yeah, and it, you know, I get right. that. You know, it's it's what I enjoy, and you get to talk about all sorts of and like like you like you're talking about how the music, um, how your your interests kind of change, but they're all still there. Um, as far as genres, like that's what I do with this. It's last week might be a hardcore band, and this week might be the Lion's Daughter, and then next week I might go whatever. And that's that's what I enjoy about doing this. It's just and just staying involved in it. I don't know. It's a way to to be involved still. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you started playing in, like you said, punk bands. Eventually, you do Calico System. How long was Calico System? Um, so it is funny that you mentioned Calico System, and you know, you kind of mentioned that, like, you didn't know we were from that band. Like, there's a reason we didn't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, that yeah. for, th- this band started as a direct response to Calico System. Oh yeah, because both both the drummer and I were in that band. And neither of us liked that band, man. We, it was it was a job for us, right? Um, and and you know, and no disrespect to anybody that did like it, but like, I hate that shit, and I, I hated it then. Um, I fucking hated metalcore and all of those bands that you know we would tour with and we were compared to all Evergreen Terrace and fucking this all the eulogy fuck, stuff. All, fuck right. that shit, dude. Yeah, that I I, I that music is fucking puke to me and it, and it has always been. Some of those dudes are really nice. So I don't, actually I shouldn't have, I shouldn't mention them specifically. But uh just that whole scene, the fucking swoopy bang lip piercing shit, man, I never was into it. So even if you know, if you could find pictures or video of like Calico System back in the day, like I'm wearing Cannibal Corpse shirts and Slayer shirts and shit, like that's what I was into. But um, those dudes already had that band already existed yeah, uh, yeah. for a few years before I joined, and uh, a mutual friend that's like a sound guy. He knew that they needed a guitar player, and they were about to go on tour for like months. And I was I was currently learning to play drums and like like a like a pop punk band just because I wanted to fucking tour, and I was getting aggravated trying to start my own thing. Um, so those dudes called me, and I went and tried out. And nine days later, we went on tour for like three years straight. So it was a few years <laughs> that I was that I was in the band. That's interesting, uh, and and it's it's, it's funny too. Um, I I, well, I gotta tell you, I confess up then. I I never owned anything Calico System. I just know you guys were on some shows I was at. Um, yeah. The, the the I know I myself was into the music at the, not not Calico. Calico System was a little too clean. There was a lot of clean parts sure. in that, wasn't there? Like I have, yeah, I can't that, I can't was, quite recall it. Yeah. It was that shit that was like uh you know clean yeah clean chorus and now breakdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, now, that, here's the catchy part. Everybody, two step. That fucking bullshit. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's exactly what we were. So that was that. That part was never, never in my in, in my wheelhouse. You know those those type of bands. But but like I, I remember yeah. you guys being there. Um, yeah, and and it's funny too because the 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 swoosh bangs and the lip piercings not my thing either. You know, but uh, right. <laughs> but it's funny. But right. it is a band, definitely a band I remember from from that time. And, uh, and but but it, but you you. Well, what one of the reasons I was bringing them up is because of how different the Lion's Daughter is from that. There's a huge difference. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's really intentional. I mean, um, the way that the band actually started was on a Calico System tour. We were either flying. I think we were flying back from uh, Germany. We had just done a European tour over there with with Calico System, and we were man, we were just 
at least Eric and I, the, the drummer and I, we were really fucking tired of of that band and just the whole thing and the way that kind of the band, the guy that ran that band kind of uh, just the way he kind of thought about things. And it was all about like he was just constantly watching what other bands were doing and like, OK, this band's doing this. So our songs need to be like this. Our shirts need to be like this because that's what kids are buying this, this and this. And it was like the creative process was like, I, I don't know, man. It was like uh, um, it's just a formula. Yeah, it's 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 it was no fun at all. It sucked. And then, you know, because even if, you know, we started to do pretty well, but, you know, if you're playing to like a few hundred kids and they're all losing their minds, but, you know, they're they're only enjoying it because you fucking wrote it just specifically for them to enjoy because they're they're too, I don't want to say they're too stupid to like, like know any better, <laughs> but like they just, you know, they didn't know. It's just like, okay, this, this sounds like exactly what it's, what it's supposed to sound like. And I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, we just, we just didn't like, like it was not, it was not satisfying and we worked really hard. I mean, that band, we, we, you know, I, I don't know how many times we were up in your neck of the woods, but it seemed like it was, it was two or three times a year, at least like we were always, always on the road. And when mm-hmm. we weren't on the road, we were writing or recording, um, so anyway, we were at the airport coming back and the drummer and I saw a romance novel at one of those airport bookstores that was called the lion's daughter that had some like hunky boy with this, you know, chest showing on the cover. And we, we picked it up and we started laughing and thumbing through it and reading it to each other, you know? Um, and I don't know if he or I suggested it, but we were like, dude, fuck this band. Let's start a new band and call it the lion's daughter. And we started laughing. We're like, yeah, and it's going to be a funk disco band. We're like, awesome. (laughs) So that was actually, that was like literally the original intention. We were like, let's start a disco band. And it's funny that it took us like like, uh, 13 years to get there, but now we kind of are a disco band in in some ways with this new record. But uh, um, no, it was just completely like, cool, let's just just make whatever we want to make. Nobody's going to like this. But who cares? So it's kind of like our mission statement was basically to be the opposite of everything the Calico system was. And nobody's ever going to like this. We're never going to make money. We're never going to get picked up by a label. We'll never do tours, nothing else. But let's just make music that we like. So that's what we started doing. And that's like that's what we do to this day is just we just kind of do whatever the fuck we want. And it's a lot of fun because – on the flip side of that Calico system thing where if you play to a bunch of people and they're enjoying it, but you, they're just enjoying your kind of like, uh, uh, you know, specifically engineered kind of sellout bullshit music, uh, you know, how that doesn't mean anything. Well, this is actually cool because when I see people at shows enjoying what the Lion's Daughter do or I see positive reviews or like whatever, it actually like means something and it feels good because it was like, oh, cool. This was like honest shit that came from the heart that we actually really wanted to do. So, it, it, you know. It's not just like this meaningless thing. So, yeah. So, long answer to your question, but it's just this. This band is the the answer to Calico System completely. Nice. It, it's us just doing what we want. You know. Well, it sounds like it's a lot more rewarding, for sure. Um, and in, then, in every way, it and really it, is. You answered a couple of things that I was going to ask. There, one was going to be with the oh, name. Sure. The name because the. I, I, I can't figure out what the, what the lion's daughter was supposed to be, but that obviously explains it. It was just a romance novel, which is which is better than I could have imagined. Yeah, I mean, it was seriously just like, hey, this name is so stupid. We we that we can't we can't pretend to be cool with this name. We can't like we couldn't sell out if we wanted to because at that at that point in time, you know, everything was like 
August Burns Black, As I Lay Dying, fucking like all of those names that were popular with with bands at the time. And it was like, okay, well, instead of that, The Lion's Daughter. It's the stupidest (laughs) fucking band name. So we're like, okay, that that gives us license to just go ahead and not give a fuck, you know? That's awesome. But I got to tell you, that's that the, the name, The Lion's Daughter, is one of the reasons why I was interested in the band because it is unique really? and it's different. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. I'll get into it, there, it later, but well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you now and then we can talk more about it later. But there's a couple things sure, about sure. The Lion's Daughter that, that drew my interest. And most of it started with, uh, with Future Cult. And it, it, one was the the name the lion's daughter is kind of like what the fuck is what is this supposed to be, and then and then right. it was the the album cover, um and right. well fuck we'll just jump in we'll jump into this and backtrack if we need to but the the album right. covers for Future Call and Skin Show are both they both use a lot of bright colors and there's something about when bands use bright colors on their album covers that. I'm I, it's just intriguing to me because typically with heavy music, you know, it's red and black. It's it's just dark and gray and whatever. That's the way right. you like it. But with, with what you've done um, is just a totally different approach and aesthetic. Um, and in that even includes the name that it makes me go, huh, like what the fuck is that? And then I check it out and then your music is entirely different as well. And yeah, I don't know. It's part of what, what draws me into you guys. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of, of making somebody kind of go, huh? Like, (laughs) you know, um, that's, that's intentional. And I think it'd be easy to use, um, you know, like a certain kind of artwork or, you know, something that was darker. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 one, I want to, I want to stand out a little bit and I want to make, I want to make, uh, records and music and album artwork that, that feel a little bit different. Um, so yeah, man, I don't know. We've, we've just always kind of, um, sorry, I saw, a I saw a squirrel running outside and I completely <laughs> am distracted. Like I'm, oh. I'm, I'm waiting to see if my dog's going to flip out or not. Okay. We're good. Um, um, she's too slow to get that squirrel. So we'll, we'll be okay. Um, sometimes you gotta uh, let them try just for, you know, context, just to, just to bring them back to earth. Yeah, she's gotten ones before that I think were like like she. I know she's gotten baby bunnies before. That, that's easy target. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then she she wants to bring it in. The, she wants to bring it, the carcass in the house like as a gift, and um, I don't I don't want it, especially if the goddamn thing is still alive, but all mutilated. Uh, and then I have to like euthanize. Finish it uh, off. Let's not get in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's. That's a fucking day ruiner right there. Right. But, you know, but and it's and it's just extra strange, like juxtaposed against like the super stoked look on your dog's face <laughs> when she brings you this thing. Um, anyway, juxtaposition, though, that's <laughs> yeah. maybe a, that, that. Let's get that back to, to where yeah. we were, uh, just because I think, yeah, dark music with like a bright album cover. Like, I think that's interesting. I think that's more interesting than dark music with a dark album cover or whatever, you know, but um we had done that before, like the first record we did for Season of Mist. Uh, we had that that fucking crazy uh, oil painting by uh, Apollo Girardi um, that very much, I think, fit the tone of the music. And it was, you know, like a lot of it was it was very dark and a lot of dark greens and dark reds and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I don't know. I think it's fun to experiment and see what happens when you kind of put seemingly conflicting things and ideas against each other. 
Yeah, for sure. And well, that seems to be an ongoing thing with with the lion's daughter. The, the as far as sound, I know you said you wanted to do whatever the hell you wanted to do, um, but are there are there any like I don't know maybe primary, secondary, whatever how you fuck we want to rank them influences and sources of inspiration that might surprise people that would listen to the band. Possibly, um, I'm like I'm a giant ABBA fan. Yeah, um, I've said several times, but um, uh, I like also I love the Bee Gees, uh, like Old Rick James, uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band, like I like Donna Summers, like I I fucking love disco music. Um, and then I like a lot of um, I don't know if you would call it synth pop or whatever the fuck you would call it, but like I I love that band, uh, the Chromatics. I don't know if you know those guys no, no, or no, not. No. Um, they have. My introduction to them was actually the the first episode of Twin Peaks: The Return. They're the band that play at the end of the episode, and it's just like this kind of like like I guess mid tempo electronic poppy music with uh, this woman singing who sounds like she's overdosing on Xanax, and it's like <laughs> beautiful and dreamy and catchy and like soothing and. It's just, man, it's just good shit. So I just dug into their whole catalog. And then one of the guys from that record, uh, one of the guys from that band has a record label called Italians Do It Better uh, that just put out tons of music like that. Um, and that shit is 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 great. Uh, and there's a, I, I pulled a lot of influence from like some of those bands um, that people, you know, people that listen, like typically listen to metal or whatever would probably not catch. Sure. Um, yeah. But but I I love that stuff and to me it's interesting to try to pull, you know, try try to pull some influences from sources that might be a little bit left field and kind of see see what happens. But yeah, yeah, no, no, I like that. And the the you guys have obviously um, progressed from when from when you first started playing as Lion's Daughter. You listen to the last few records, you can hear it, um, the evolution there. But I was just reading uh, recently in the episode or in a magazine or in a decibel, an issue of mm-hmm. whatever, you know what I'm trying to fucking say, right? An issue of a magazine the named decibel. decibel magazine. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There, there you go. Those yeah. 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 I, I still get that delivered monthly anyway. Um, and and you, you, you put a quote in there that, uh, that, or they put a quote from you in there that I, that I liked and enjoyed. And it says, I'm not afraid to lose fans from record to record. Um, is that, do you think that's a, a confidence thing or is that just a, you want to, you just want to do what you want to do. Um, I, th- I think it's more, uh, I want to do what I want to do. I, I don't really know how super confident I am about anything at any point. Um, cause it'd be really easy to, you know, I could, I could probably read one bad review. And even though I, I so don't, you know, I so think that I don't care, like, it it would fuck it. It would probably like it would probably ruin my day. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, especially if they said something that was like truthful, um, or something <laughs> that I had like a little insecurity about. You know? Right. Uh, right. But, um, uh, God damn it! Sorry. What was the question? What did you say? I don't know. What did I say? Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Uh, that that how you're not afraid to lose fans from record to record. Oh um, yeah. 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 Sorry, literally sitting in front of a, a window because uh, it's like it's kind of nice out today. Just w- looking out of out a window, uh, my ADD is so crazy that I just get distracted and I forget what what we're talking about completely. I, I totally understand because so, I I'm sitting next to a window myself, but I cl- and it's and it's ground level, it's basement 
level, so it's so I can oh, see. Yeah. So the squirrels are like you can see them right in their face, and uh, you know yeah. it's, that's distracting. So I shut the blinds because otherwise I'd be doing the same thing. Right, right, yeah. Right <laughs> as you're talking, I'm looking at like a bird in a tree, and I'm like, oh, that's like a bird. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't fall out of the tree. Wonder you know, if that's anyway. his house or well, someone else's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get focused. Yeah. Okay. All right. um, no. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't if if we if we lose fans if we lose fans because something we did was you know a little too experimental or we went too far in one direction or another um I I don't care and I could handle that and I kind of uh something about me kind of enjoys that as well like if some if somebody that's just just too fucking cool for everything doesn't like what we're doing uh, then we must be doing something that's kind of interesting. Um, or, you know, or, or if some like super underground, like cult black metal, like dude doesn't like what we're doing because there are like disco beats or there are synthesizers or some of the vocals are like a little cleaner than they have been. I- I'm okay with losing a, a person that's that close minded. Sure. Um, cause they are probably a pretty mis- miserable person in general, but um. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I, I. If if we lost fans because we just made a really bad record, I would be bummed if we we lost fans because we made a record that was like mediocre and boring. Um, and you know, I I think that's that's a path we could have kind of went down pretty easily because I think I think our first couple albums are kind of mediocre, and you're just your typical blackened you know doom sludge death whatever the fuck you want to call that kind of music um which nothing against that music but uh there are already a bunch of bands that do that and do it a lot better than us so we could have easily just kind of remained a mediocre uh a mediocre band uh and it would it would bum me out to lose people from because we bored them but if we lose people because you know we get a, a, a little too fucking weird sometimes that that's okay yeah, yeah, that. I hear you. Because on one hand, it's, it's kind of the other. The other way is kind of just being forgotten about, right? It's just like it's like, oh, you're not doing anything interesting enough to keep my attention. Where the other, I don't know. The other is at least you're you, there's something to gain that way, rather than just I same think, old shit. I think, yeah, I I, I think so. You know, um, there's you know just why you you know why. Why keep making records like that existence this horror record that we that we made when you know you could just listen you could just listen to Portal you could just listen to uh, uh, you know the like Death Spell Omega or or Mayhem or like all of these places we were like pulling influences from Craft whatever like man you could just go listen to those bands you know so I would rather I would rather try to create something unique. Um, which I I, th- I think with Future Cult we finally did, and I think we finally you know found our our voice and like our identity. Um, so the new record was really is really just you know kind of refining that. But Exciting. anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah that, well, Future Cult is when you really started to like heavily incorporate the synths, right? Um, how how was the feedback on that one when when that one dropped? It was good. Um, I. I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, it's kind of weird because I almost didn't even realize that I had I had done that until the record was uh, 
was finished. Like I didn't realize that adding synths was going to be such a big deal until the record was done and people started talking about it. And then that, that's like all they were talking about was the synths. And I was like, fuck, I didn't even think about it. I was just, you know, I had just bought a synthesizer and I liked the way that some shit sounded and I was just writing music and then you schedule studio time and you make a record and you know, then it comes out and people react to it and you didn't realize that, uh, you're, I don't know, doing something that was so fucking strange. Um, but the reaction was, was good. Uh, I don't think I really heard anybody talk shit or, you know, we even, we did tours where like, if we were going to get slammed by people, we, we definitely would have like doing, um, we toured, uh, we did a, a full European tour with misery index, Worm Rot from Singapore and uh, Truth Corroded from Australia. So two death metal bands and a grind band and then <laughs> right. us. Um, and we thought for sure, like, like man, like some of these, some of these, you know, like Berlin or something like, fuck, man, we got a bunch of, it's just jean vests, like wall to wall. And man, these d- dudes are drunk and we're going to get bottles thrown at us. And that's not the reaction we would get. Um, people... People, I, I could tell people kind of didn't know what to make of it um, at first, but then we would win them over in like strange, strange parts. Like a so, part of a song would be coming up where it's like, okay, th- this part I know the hi hat starts to open up, and we we have like a disco part, we have like a disco beat that happens, and then we'd see people's like heads all like bouncing in unison, like okay, all right, people are, people are a little like more open minded that I guess I gave them credit for, but. Um, yeah, we didn't really get, you know, we opened for fucking Lamb of God and, uh, Behemoth. And I thought for sure that like drunk redneck fucking Lamb of God fans were going to hate us (laughs) and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I talked to people afterwards. I actually went, when, and no, again, no slam on that band either, but I had to go hide after we played cause I could not deal with talking to fucking Lamb of God fans anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, but like they all just I don't think they knew how to reference anything, but they they liked it. Um, I think I, I heard from several people like, oh, you guys sound like Godflesh. Like, actually, we don't sound a fucking no. thing like Godflesh. But that's cool if that's like the one reference point you have maybe for like a band that kind of sounds like ours. Sure. Like, yeah. like that's cool. So um, it's yeah, a keyboard. So, God, even if like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, even if man, even if like drunk rednecks in st louis at a lamb of god show didn't give a shit like i guess we're good man i guess i guess the the response was was uh was all right to that record well i think i think sometimes um and i'm totally guilty of this i gotta give maybe it sounds like you do too gotta give metalheads a little more credit sometimes that uh i think they're gonna be shitheads and and they're usually pretty it's usually pretty open-minded uh fan base outside of you know like the the well-known like Slayer show where anybody who plays other than Slayer is booed, um, but yeah, for for the most oh, part, I, I've always totally. found it. One actually, one of the things that I always appreciated as a guy who kind of came up through punk rock and hardcore that that and I used to I, specifically I used to love this when I would be at metal shows at the Auto Bar in Baltimore where I lived for a while, and there was something oh, yeah, about like there. there was no, something about the uh, the the. The metal, any metal show, whatever, whatever metal show it was, I would love going to them, and and the crowd was just, it just seemed like everybody was there to have a good time, as opposed to all the yeah. other shit I was used to going to, where you know you go to a hardcore show and everybody's there to look cool and beat each other up, 
And then I just go to a metal show and be like, oh, wow, this, this, this is a much better vibe. And I think that's, that's stuff that people forget or don't see from the outside for sure. But when you get involved, you kind of notice it. Yeah, I, I, I worked at a, uh, a now non-existent venue here in St. Louis for a while, a few years back, that um, the owner wouldn't book. She wouldn't book my band, uh, which it was Lion's Daughter at the time, uh, and she wouldn't book um, metal shows at all. She wouldn't book like like our friends Fister who live here and stuff like that. She wouldn't book the shows. I was like, why? Why not? And she's like, I think everybody's just going to come in. They're going to like spit on the floors and they're going to mess up the <laughs> bathrooms. I'm like, dude, you have you had just had a fashion show where somebody got shot out front and then somebody <laughs> ran in the kitchen with a gun and you're worried that metalheads are going to spit like, no, these people are going to come in. They're going to walk in high as fuck. They're going to order a drink, tip and be polite and then stand and watch the band like it's it's not it's not whatever you saw in some fucking you know episode of Twenty One Jump Street thirty years ago. <laughs> That's not how like metalheads act, you know. Satanists, and, and I think people, right, <laughs> right. Uh, I think I think people have gotten gotten cooler over the years, though. I think ten years ago, uh, metalheads were were a lot more closed minded than they are now. But I think stuff like like Carpenter Brute and Perturbator. And, you know, even like Ulver going from like the the most lo-fi screechy black metal band from Norway to like straight up synth pop with yeah. super clean <laughs> vocals. Like, I think it's kind of forced a lot of metalheads to kind of open their minds a, a little more than they, than they had maybe a decade ago, which is obviously a, a, a good thing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, to to reference some of those things you're talking about, those uh, oh, fuck, what you just, what which which uh, synth guys did you uh, just Car- name? Carpenter Brute and uh, Perturbator. Right. Okay. So I not, not them, but I had you know Ghost or do you know Ghost as Over? well? No, Ghost. G O S T. Oh, oh uh, or Ghost yes. or yeah, however the I've, fuck. I've, is... Yeah. Anyway, I've seen him live three or four times. That that guy is great. I love his stuff. Yeah, he is. I, I had him on here a while ago, oh, okay. about a year ago or something, and uh, found that uh, this guy. He actually. This is just. This is kind of off topic, but found out that he he actually released my hardcore band's demo tape back in. Oh wow! You know, like like just it's like the only thing the only thing he ever put out on his little tape label, and that's all we ever did was a demo. And for some reason, this guy in Texas yeah. put it out. Anyway, that's just a little anecdote. But what, what, what we were talking about with him is that how this has become like these the synths and the synth stuff has become accepted in the metal world. And it's not something like you just mentioned. It's not something um, that's uh, that has a lot of history, I guess, as being straight up this. But there is the um, like the the horror movie soundtrack type shit that's always been you know on the outside. There's the Goblin stuff that's always kind of. Oh yeah, kind yeah. of existed, and so so I think it's kind of about time that they that it all merged. You do it a little more directly, you know, with with what you do. Um, was there is there is there any? I don't know. What, what, when did you actually start trying to play the synth? Was it as you were learning to write with it? Yes, it was. Uh, it was during Future Cult because I, I I always I've always loved the sound of synthesizers. Um, sometimes more than a guitar, but, um, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't know where to start, you know, and we, when we did, we did existence as horror and Sanford Parker came down from Chicago to produce and record that record. And he brought a couple cents with him because I asked him to actually specifically why we, you know, got him. He was our first choice for a producer for that record and we got him, which was great. But, um, he had done work with knock Mistium 
and they did a couple records. They were like black, black metal, M E D D L E, uh, parts one and two that were super weird. And yeah, had like, had, uh, some, you know, some like electronic drum stuff and some, some synthesizers here and there. And I just really liked the way that those records sounded. And I wanted him to bring some synths down to see if we could kind of, you know, layer some of that shit. Um, in our songs and on existence is horror. There are synthesizers in spots, but they're subtle and they're like blended with the guitars. You kind of wouldn't even know that they were there. Yeah. Um, but I, I really wanted to, you know, uh, I've probably said this, this already, but I didn't want to just make that record again. So it was like, what's something that we could do differently? Like, okay, well, like let's take that synthesizer element and see what we could do if we actually like create melodies with it. And, and, you know, do do weird little things with like like things that sound like horror themes. Um, so I think I just asked Sanford what to buy, and the first thing I got was a Roland JP eight thousand from like I think the early nineties, um, and messed messed with that. And literally the first this sounds like I sh- this sounds like I should be making this up because it's so stupid. But if you put in Future Cult and you press play, that very first sound that you hear mm-hmm. is the f- first button that I pressed, the first key that I pressed on that Roland, the first time I plugged it in, <laughs> it was set to chariots, which is the name of the setting. And I hit that exact note, which just happened to be a, or no, I think it's E, sorry. Uh, and it, it did that like rumbling synth sound thing. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like I th- and I grabbed a guitar and I started strumming. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's an E." What kind of drum beat could go over that? And that's literally how the album starts. The the first thing I accidentally pieced together, we ended up making the opening track. But so it was it was seriously just like that the whole way through. Just happy accidents or messing with settings and be like, "Hey, this kind of sounds." Sounds neat. Uh, let's see if I can play it right one time and then loop it. Okay, cool. I can I can do that. All right. Let's see what kind of guitar riff goes with that. And um, so completely just experimenting. I still, I mean, I have like five cents sitting in front of me. I don't know how any of these fucking things really work, but <laughs> well, I appreciate. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I, I could definitely not play. You know. Uh, um, like the new the new record, like oh hey that song Sex Trap here's a here's the you know, the keyboard can you play it I'd be like nah I, I can if you give me about ten minutes I could figure out which which keys I have to hit in which order and then after I practice it for a while I can maybe do it smoothly one or two times but um, no I have no idea what I'm doing with these things <laughs> at all um, that's but that's funny. I think that's kind of the fun of it though you yeah know? yeah no that's all that's awesome I love hearing that but what what's you used you it seems like you're using them. And this is this. I'm not a musician. I have a terrible ear, but it seems like you're using them a little differently, and um, I don't know, a little more comfortably on Skin Show, at least. Uh, what What do you think is the biggest difference in the whole record between between Skin Show and all of your previous material? I think Skin Show is. Um... I think it's a little bit more of a like a, a vulnerable record um, where future cult is very, very aggressive um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's chaotic and it's, it's mean sounding pretty much throughout. It's mean and, and evil sounding throughout. And the synths are, you know, are, are, they're not necessarily distorted, but the synths are really aggressive and they're just kind of screaming and buzzing along, you know, next to the guitars. So it's kind of like, 
we incorporated the synths in a way that was kind of a safe way to do that for our band. Like, you know, if, if you think this instrument's weird, well, listen to how we're using it. We're using it in a way where it's pure fucking evil, you know, uh, where skin show, it's like, ah, you know what? The, the, the synth tones are dialed back a lot, uh, to where a lot of it just, a lot of them sound more natural and sound more like, you know, keyboards and pianos and stuff like that. And, the the tempos are eased back. Everything's not, you know, I think there are three blast beats on this whole record. Um, one of them pretty much lasts throughout an entire song, but uh, <laughs> it's 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 a slower it's a slower record. It's more it's more mid tempo. It's more uh, based in like rock and disco than it than it is something like death or black metal. Um, and I don't know. I just think the I think instead of I think future cults a lot of like, look at this gimmick, you know, look at what we're doing. I think that's how it kind of comes off uh, where this is like, no, 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 not look at this gimmick. Skin show is like, listen to this record, listen to these songs. Um, so just really it was like now that I figured out how to kind of incorporate the synths and figured out that it could work and you can make a record that way. Let's continue that but let's see what happens if we try to actually like write some real songs with it so i think skin show is just more of a it's more of a song oriented album uh it's probably more accessible for better or worse i think accessible is like a death sentence and 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 metal or it's like a bad word to metalheads but um i think there's nothing wrong with a a something you could tap your foot to or sing along with every once in a while um but i think it's you know it's just a it's a it's a progression from the last record. I think it's it's you know I think our our band has matured a little bit, um, but you know I, the the two records are connected for sure. But yeah, I'd say that's 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 probably about how they differ. Well, speaking of the connections between the two, I have to ask if there's a connection between Call the Midnight Animal on Future Call and Werewolf Hospital on Skin Show. <laughs> uh, uh, I want. I want to say there is, and and you know what? For, uh, I'll send a free T-shirt to anybody that figures it out. Um, but that's that's because there's there's not <laughs> there's not. But I would love to hear somebody's theory on on how there could be. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, well, actually, because because you have the song Werewolf Hospital, that makes me obligated to ask you a question that I've been asking on this podcast for four years now. Uh-huh. Every now and then. Um, well, actually, let me let me alter it for you. You say werewolf hospital. Do you mean werewolf animal hospital or werewolf hospital? Because where should a werewolf go? To a veterinarian <laughs> or to a doctor? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like you know what? Nobody has asked me about that song title yet, uh, and 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 it's been bumming me out that nobody has asked me that. So I'm glad that you did. Well, here we go. Um, yeah. Um, it could be this is the way that I kind of kind of thought about it like okay if you think about a hospital that's for injured werewolves uh, <laughs> that's terrifying because you've got a bunch of werewolves that are like you know in pain and, and injured and they're obviously vicious because they've just been through some shit um, that's scary and if you think on the other side of a of a hospital like that's for humans that's run by werewolves that's fucking terrifying too it's <laughs> um, worse yeah. Yeah, is it either of those things? I have no idea. I literally just wrote down the words "werewolf hospital" and started laughing my ass off, and <laughs> I, I I immediately 
text Scott and Eric from the band, you know, and I was like, Hey, I've got a song title. And I just dot, dot, dot. And then all caps werewolf hospital. And they just all, they each responded with ha 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 ha. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're calling this fucking song werewolf hospital. Like, let's just see if we can get away with calling a song werewolf hospital. And, um, so far we have. Because yeah, you're the first. You're the first <laughs> to fucking ask me about it, which blows my mind because it is such a ridiculous song title. Well, it is, but I mean, you, you would never would have known that I've been wondering these things about werewolves <laughs> and where they get their health care for many years. You know, so no, I didn't know that was your. I didn't know that was your thing. But no, yeah, but but it's but it's but but I enjoy it as soon as I heard because I I didn't see it at first. You know, I was just listening to the song and I was like, is he saying fucking yeah. werewolf hospital? <laughs> And then you know it's like you repeat it a couple of times, right? So it's like yeah. it's like yeah, he's definitely saying Werewolf Hospital. It was one where I had to pull the phone out of my pocket and be like, "What the fuck?" Like that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. no, it's great. That, that was one. Even the lyrics to that song, that was one. You know, Scott and I both do vocals on that song, and I remember Scott's part in the in the studio. He was just laughing his ass off at, at like the lyrics, and he's like, "You really want me to like scream this?" I was like, "Yes." I was like, "Scream the, these." I, f- I forget what the um. There's a lyric about um, uh, not being able to find a head that's the right shape and bring me this, bring this thing here. You've spilled it everywhere. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> dude, you have to deliver this like, like you fucking mean it. You can't half-ass it. You have to get so, so like mad and intense and fucking just, you know, bring out your inner like a both and just be <laughs> like pure fucking evil and sell these lines that I, I. If you if you pay attention, all the lines that are Scott's on the record are, are the silliest ones because I think it's funny to write really dumb lyrics for him to sing. No, there are a, a bunch setup. of inside <laughs> jokes and dumb shit throughout this this record that nobody nobody ever seems to catch. But like this thing is littered with like shit that just makes me laugh. <laughs> well, that's all. Like, well. Oh. I got to tell you the, the one thing that made me laugh, and I don't know if it was supposed to make me laugh or if, or if you would consider it funny, is that I was watching the video for Curtains, right? And, uh, you know, it's pretty creepy. It ends with this woman lighting this mannequin on fire. That's, I mean, that's, that's a little bizarre, right? The whole, like, I don't know what's happening there, love story with a mannequin or whatever's going on. But, um, but so she's throwing this gas on this mannequin. And I, so, I, first of all, she's yelling something. I was wondering what she was actually yelling at it. But then... The uh, at the end when she lights it on fire, it doesn't really engulf in flames like I would expect something that was doused in gasoline to to go up. What happened there? Why why didn't this mannequin? Why don't mannequins light on fire like that? That's a great question. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, that was that was all shot in um, Portugal. Oh uh, shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have. I have no idea. Um, I talked with the director back and forth about like the concept and what was going to happen and this and that. But um, yeah, as far as like what she's yelling or anything else, your guess is is, is good or better than mine. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Damn, damn. I need I need to know. I guess it'll, it'll have to be a mystery. Um, the, <laughs> the how much of this record has and in the video and all the things that you've done for for Skin Show have been. Uh, a product of the pandemic. How much of this stuff happened before and after? Uh, I guess really it was, it was all written and recorded during the pandemic. Um, I don't think it, I don't think there's any correlation between the record and the pandemic though. Like it's not like there are, there are themes that have to do with it, at least not ones that are intentional. Like 
I mean, there there definitely is a sense of like uh, um, claustrophobia or isolation on that album cover for sure. The way that you know we had a character you know in in this tunnel, um, but yeah, I, I recorded or I, I wrote everything. Uh, yeah, and in, in lockdown, um, which was actually great because it gave me something to fucking do. Um, but you know, I, I I don't know if that had any effect on the sound of the record or the lyrics or not. But I mean, the record was written in a, uh, you know, when, while I was in a pretty dark and shitty headspace, um, and you know, recorded while I was still there, just with you know a couple friends and a lot more booze, <laughs> but um. Yeah, it was all it was all it's it's all been done in, in that time. I think I started, you know, writing, uh, you know, around a, a year ago or something. And I think I just so I won't procrastinate. Usually what I'll do is like or, or this time around anyway, is like a, um, set a, a studio date, got everything set up for like four months in advance. And then it was like, OK, studios booked. Sanford's coming down. We've got it all like planned out like, OK, well, I have four months now. I better write a record, you know, and that that time crunch um kind of forces you to get things done and then also make a record that's sort of cohesive it's all if it's all written kind of in the same time frame i think but um yeah it was all it was all done in covid days that seems like a pretty quick pretty quick time to do that all and that's pretty impressive it might might be a little bit and like once it started getting down to the wire it was just like oh shit uh we've got two weeks left and i only have this many songs or whatever but it it worked out because i mean we could have we could have the record's 42 minutes and we could have gotten away with having it's 10 songs and we could have gotten away with just eight. If for some reason, you know, we didn't have 10 songs that we liked, but we had actually, this is our longest record. So, um, so yeah, it did. It, it worked out. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it sounds great. I, you couldn't have told me, or if you had told me it took you two years to put this together, I would have believed it too. It doesn't, it doesn't sound rushed. Um, like you said, everything sounds cohesive to, Especially the difference between uh, um, a future cult and this to everything's more cohesive. It's all, I don't know. It just it's all it all sounds sounds like it's supposed to sound. I don't I don't know how to explain that. But you're you're a, sure. you're yeah, a yeah. band who uh, who is hard to compare to other bands. So it's not like yeah, I don't know why you, you don't need to. But it's it's a, it's an interesting thing about about the Lions Daughter is that you can't say uh, you can't say real easily that you guys sound like this or so-and-so sounds like this, like whatever you do is going to sound like you guys. And uh, that's, that's pretty prevalent on skin show, but there's, there's stuff that you mentioned. Um, and that I noticed that, um, that, that I think is really cool about this record. Like there, there's the, the music is heavy, you know, it's ominous at times, but then there's like synths and hooks, like, like neon teeth, for example, um, that song is catchy as hell. Um, and it almost makes it, it almost feels upbeat. Is is that yeah. what you had in mind doing this? Um, in a way, it was. I never really sit down like with with any like too clear of an intention um, because then things kind of come out feeling forced. Yeah. But um, I really wanted to. I, I had. I hoped that I could write stuff that was that was maybe upbeat or hooky because we've never done that. Um, and I like music that's like that. I I like a fucking catchy chorus if it, if it's a good chorus you know mm-hmm. um but that was one like you know i came up with the 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 little piano piano melody or keyboard melody synth melody whatever you want to call it that starts off the record and then it was just kind of like okay literally like what chords sound good over this these sound good what should the drums do okay oh shit this kind of like 
this kind of gives it a bounce that I didn't expect. And then, okay, if we have a big snare hit and then the snare kind of starts, you know, it starts this like disco beat or whatever, like this is fucking rocking this, you know, this is like upbeat as shit. So what do the vocals need? Okay, well, actually, I can kind of hear a melody in my head that the vocals could kind of do. And oh, shit, that's like catchy as fuck. That's really cool. Like just kind of all comes together kind of by, you know, not not happy accidents, but um it's just, it's nice when things easily work together, and those usually end up being the best songs. Also, you know, if mm-hmm. Neon Teeth definitely. I wrote that in like an hour or two. Like I just sat down one night, and I remember going to bed that night and like listening back to like the little home dem- demo I made of it, and I was like, "This is fucking cool. Like this is this is a keeper for sure." Um, but yeah, usually the best songs just like just kind of kind of come out super super easy like that. But. Uh, yeah, man, I think I think upbeat stuff's cool. And that's also why we, you know, the label's like, what song do you want to put out for the single first? I was like, let's put out Neon Teeth first because it's the most upbeat, dancey, catchy song on the record. And if we're going to lose people, let's just lose them now, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, No, I like that. That's, a, that, that's, that's very upfront. And uh, here's what we are, like it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I also like presenting, like, I think for the the first single from a new record, you should kind of let people know where you went with this one, or maybe and, and give, maybe give them the example of like you know one of one of the 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 further stretches of like the 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 new sound or the new world of like of the record or whatever instead of like putting out if we put out like Werewolf Hospital or something, which is you know it's just kind of thrash riffs and it's blast beats pretty much the whole time. It's probably the most aggressive song on the record. If we just put that out. I think it would give you the wrong impression of what the whole record's like. So no, we'll, we'll put out we'll put out the fucking Lady Gaga song or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> yeah, but then you might have gotten more Werewolf Hospital questions. So you know, there could that's have been true. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So so this thing's been out for uh, what like a, a few weeks now, a couple weeks, two weeks. Is that right? Um, it'd be two weeks tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So so how's how how do you feel about it so far? From what you've heard, other. I mean, I know you how you feel about the record is your own thing, but like what's the feedback been, I guess for skin show thus far, man, the feedback has been great. Um, it's, it's kind of weird because, you know, uh, I'm, as I'm seeing, like, you know, a lot of people are listening, people are talking about it. We're getting tagged and stuff. Reviews are popping up, you know, um, I'm getting, I I don't want to say who, because it would be weird, but like, a straight up legit fucking rock star dude sent us a message on Instagram that says I re- like like hey I really like these tunes and started following us and he's in like the like like guitar magazines 100 best guitar players of all time and somebody that I'm a huge <laughs> fan of and it's hard to not flip the fuck out when that happens like how did you even hear our band but shit like that is super super validating and really really cool so um yeah, it's it's the reaction seems like it's been fucking great. It's weird because I'm still just like at my house, you know, like I have been. Um, all of us in the band are like vaccinated, uh, fully vaccinated now and shit. But like, still just kind of like in my house, watching the weather get a little nicer outside. Uh, so you're not really feeling it the way that you would if you did like a proper like big record release show and we're going on tour and and you know meeting people and all of that stuff. So it's a little strange, mm-hmm. but. Um, 
Yeah, so far, man, like it, it's out of the out of the, you know, the three records that we've done with Season of Mist to where to where it's been, you know, gotten out everywhere and we've seen reviews or whatever. This has been the most attention I've seen a record get and the most uh, overwhelmingly positive response. So that's really cool, especially when you're kind of anticipating maybe a little bit of a, a backlash for some of the, you know, some of the poppier elements on a on a metal record. So it's it's fucking cool it's also weird just side note it's also so weird how backwards it is when you're a metal band where if you're a normal band and you put in like screaming or like the guitars get too heavy you're gonna lose you're gonna lose people because you went too far you're too extreme but if you're a metal band if you just write like a chorus that repeats um you're you might lose people because now you're not extreme enough it's so fucking weird how how that works but it is. Um, yeah, you got you got to you got to make meet all the right marks. You got to make everybody happy. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So the thing the thing that for us like that should be selling out like where most bands like, oh, if you make a catchier record, like you're selling out like, no, for us, man, if you we make a catchier record, we're running the risk of like losing a bunch of people. <laughs> so it's really fucking weird. But well, yeah, I'm, glad it, I'm glad it's working crazy, well so. at this point. Um, and I don't see any reason why that would change, you know, any any further down the line. Uh, it seems like you guys have have done basically everything you can do uh, th- through this lockdown or whatever you want to call it through the pandemic. Uh, I mean, I guess what more is there? For, you've done some streams, right? You know, at least I've seen one of those, one or two of those out there. Um, you, you yes, you recorded and released an entire record. Um, you're doing podcasts. What like so what? I mean, realistically, what is the next thing that you can do right now? Okay, so um, this summer uh, there will be there's we recorded a cover song. Um, I don't want to say what it is yet, but it's it's like it's <laughs> I'll say it's one of it's one of the least popular songs by one of the most popular bands. Um, <laughs> okay, least popular uh, as in people hate it or just don't know it. Uh, least popular is in like yeah, like a lot of people hate it and find it. It's it's a very you could maybe guess what it is, but if you think about metal bands and think about like super polarizing albums, gotcha. um, we decided it only makes sense to to cover um uh, cover something like that since that's kind of the path path that our band is on as well. <laughs> um, and it's also like, like it. literally like my favorite band, but um. We've got that recorded, and I cannot wait to release it because I think it's the fucking coolest thing we've ever done. Um, and that should have like, I, there, I think there's going to be a whole package around it. Like, I think there's going to be um, a video made, and I already got like custom artwork uh, done for it. That's going to be really cool. And I think it's actually going to be like a, um, we might just release a covers EP because like we have a we have a ministry cover that we recorded that we never put out. Yeah. Um there's a there's a Mr. Bungle cover that was on an EP that came out years ago that I straight up like deleted from existence. <laughs> um cuz I didn't like the EP. Like I actually have to track down a copy of it to find that cover again, but the like the Mr. Bungle cover was cool, but like we did a Nirvana cover years ago so we can include that. We did a 9 Inch Nails cover that I can include. Uh we did a Gigi Allen cover for like a uh, um a Stray Rescue benefit EP. So I'm going to put all six of those uh, together and like release that as a package on Bandcamp, maybe with like an exclusive shirt or whatever. So we'll do that in the summer. So that's something to keep it going. And then um, I can't 
let the cat out of the bag yet, but we have uh, a full U.S. U.S. and some Canada dates uh, booked for November that uh, literally literally runs the whole month of November, uh, opening for one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, who one of us did mention by name on this podcast already. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I can't be the one to, to say anything yet. And also hopefully it fucking happens, but I think November is a pretty safe bet. I think. I think, yeah, I think so. I think that's, I think everybody's hoping for fall. I don't know. I guess we got to hope for something, right? And you got to book them too. I think that's the interesting thing too, is that some bands aren't bothering to try to book this year, but, uh, I, I like your approach. Go for it. I mean, if it works, hell yeah. If it doesn't, whatever, it's the same. You still get nothing. Yeah. Yeah, we're supposed to play it. There's a festival that we're supposed to play in Indiana in um, August, and it's outdoors. So I think that sounds like a pretty fucking safe bet. Um, but other than that, yeah, just all of, you know, we don't have anything booked in St. Louis or anything, but maybe, maybe in the summer we can do a show somewhere, preferably outdoors. Because um, I think more people will be comfortable with that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, We'll see what November looks like. You know, like I said, all of the guys in the band are vaccinated. Most of my friends are fully vaccinated now. Like, it, it's it's out there, man. You know, so, all right. And, you know, like, what, six months from now, can we all be packed in, banging our heads at a fucking show together again? I hope so. I hope so, too. I don't know. We'll see. Just just real quick, and last, last one, just out of curiosity, yeah. vaccination question. I've got mine, too. I just got the second mm-hmm. second one last week. Did yours second one make you sick? Fuck yes, it did. Okay, it did it did for me too? And I feel like a pussy because nobody yeah. else is saying saying so. You know, everybody, I, I oh, was no. I was totally prepared to be really cool about it and tough about it, and uh, uh, it kicked my ass for like just about twenty four hours. But it, but it happened. Oh okay. See, I man, it fucked me up for like a week. Ooh. Um, and yeah, I don't worry. My ego figured out how to put a tough guy spin on it. Um, okay. Apparently, give me that. if. Uh, if if you have a severe reaction to the second second dose, like the second shot, it's just because your immune system is working super super well, and that's why <laughs> yeah, because yeah. because your immune system is just like firing on all cylinders and it's destroying every little every little you know microscopic particle of whatever the fuck they they injected in you that it's supposed to be fighting. So it's just because you are so badass that you get so sick. That's what I've been telling myself. I think um, you're right. I mean at yeah, least the, at least about me. That's that's probably what happened with me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the first shot was weird cuz the first shot I got like weirdly energized. I got kind of irritable, but I was like hyped the fuck up. It was weird. Uh, and then that second shot, I went in cocky as hell. Like this is, this has no effect on me. And man, I was, I was fucked up for a week. Like it was just, (laughs) it was just like having a fever. So, I mean, it was manageable. It was just after a while, it was just like, dude, still, you know, day after day. So what, whatever it takes, man, I, I, I'll fucking live in a barrel of fucking shit for a year. If that means that we can all go to shows again one day, you know, I'll do whatever the fuck it takes. So. That's extreme, and I appreciate your sacrifice. You living in that barrel, the rest of us will just yeah. stay home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm lying. I'm not. Li- I'm not even stepping foot in a barrel of shit. <laughs> well, then but, you're up to your yeah. waist and shit. You know, it's a bad, bad, bad thing to fill with shit. Anyway, all right, Rick. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Rick. And the song you just heard was Sex Trap. That also comes off of Skin Show, the new album from The Lion's Daughter, out now on Season of Miss Records. Be on the lookout for some upcoming tour dates from The Lion's Daughter. Um, with who? I don't know. Where? I don't know. But it's going to happen. Maybe. Hopefully. We don't know. But hopefully it does. Um, that's that's all we got right now, right? Or or not. I forgot. People don't want it to happen too. So I don't know. Man, whatever size you're on about it, you're right. How about that? How about we just go with that? Whatever, whatever you think, you are correct. I agree with you. And uh, if you <laughs> if you feel like we need to get into it further... You can follow me at Getting It Out Podcast on Instagram at Getting underscore It underscore Out underscore Podcast. You can do so on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Getting It Out Podcast, Twitter at Getting It Out Pod. And you can go bookmark, go bookmark, go bookmark Getting It Out.net. Anything you want to reach out to me directly, Dan at Getting It Out.net. If you want your band played on the show, email Dan at Getting It Out.net. I cannot emphasize this enough. If you want your band, Played on the show, email dan at gettingitout.net. It will happen almost immediately for the most part. If some, some people might slip through the cracks, but usually I get you on like week of. So uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, what else? Speaking of emailing dan at gettingitout.net, that is the best way to get a hold of me. Every now and then I catch um, some messages on, on the Facebook Messenger app, but I listen to me. I do not look at it. I don't look at that thing. It it accidentally happens sometimes. It's hard to do. And that sounds weird, but Facebook has all this bullshit. Facebook business suite, Facebook pages app. There's all sorts of extra steps you have to take to be able to read your fucking Facebook messengers messages that go to this particular pages. And it's it's it sounds so dumb, but it is dumb. Because it is dumb. That's why it sounds so dumb. Because it is dumb. All right? So please, just email me, dan at gettingitout.net, and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you want to pitch to me having your band on the show, just do it. Don't be shy. Just do it. I don't care at what level you are. I don't care if you're super famous. I don't care if no one's ever heard of you. Just talk to me about it. We can work something out. If not... We could do something else. We could do something that has to do with Dan or that has to do with getting it out.net. We can do an email interview. We can do a text interview. We can do a review. We can we can we can do whatever we need to do to get the word out about your band, your project, whatever's going on. That's what I'm doing this for, right? That's the idea. Okay. So let's put a bow on this thing. I want to play you a track to close this one out from Oxblood Forge. They're from Boston, Massachusetts. They're a doom-anchored heavy metal quartet. They've got a new full length that's their third coming out on June 18th. It's called Decimator, and this is the title track off of that. You can pre-order this album at Bandcamp. Just go to Bandcamp, type in Oxblood Forge. You'll find it there. The album, again, is called Decimator, out June 18th. This track is also called Decimator. Enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.